Huh, I don't get the king's chair. Huh. Bummer. We've, uh, as we've been walking with Daniel in exile, we've uh, been exploring how do we, one, live in exile. How do we live in that, that time where we're not home yet? In uh, New Testament scholars call it the real fancy word, the in-between time. We, we live in the, the in-between time of Christ's first coming and His second coming. And what we just sang about, it is, it is well with our soul because we are secure in what Jesus accomplished on the cross in His first coming. But it's not right with all of creation There are still storms, there's still death, there's still the impact and effect of sin. And what we look forward to is that day when He will return. But until that time, we live in exile. We we live in the place that is not our home. It's not our citizenship even. For our citizenship is in heaven. Today, I think we find the key for how Daniel lives a God-filled life in a world that's empty. Using some of the language that we use, how Daniel shows us how to live Christ's jubilee while in exile. We've, We've talked about the you know, the, the options. There are two opposing options. One is to separate ourselves from the world. You know, try to run from the pain. Try to run from the sin and have our own holy huddle. The, the other option is to assimilate. Just dive into the world and just play the games that the world plays. But do it with a cross around our neck. But instead, our desire, our purpose is to what we've called contextualize the gospel. To to live out the love of Jesus in our context. Just like Daniel did. He didn't know of Jesus per se, but he knew Jesus as God the Son, as he knew his Creator. But we seek to live out the ways of Jesus in our own specific situations. You know, to forgive those that hurt us. To turn the other cheek. To love our enemies. To serve all people. To submit to our authorities. To be holy like God is holy. To have the mind of Christ Jesus. As Paul says in Philippians chapter 2. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. But in humility, regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. And that's the life that Daniel lived here. He, he, he never cared for his own well-being, but pursued his Creator wholeheartedly. Just how did he have 
The freedom to follow God no matter what. No matter what the cost. How was he able to live that jubilee life? How did he have that freedom? Well, let's look back at the the events that we just had proclaimed to us. Darius is the king. Now, there's two things to note here about Darius. One is a little academic, but I say it mostly for those of you that are going to go to college sometime because there are a few lion's dens in college where folks will try to really undercut your faith by bringing up some things like Darius the Mede. Because there is no Darius the Mede that has been found in any external historical literature. Now there's all kinds of plausible possibilities that Darius is actually the Median name for Cyrus the Persian, who's mentioned a little later as the king. Darius is another name for one of um, the uh, like governors of the area that's overseeing the area while Cyrus is away. We have the same problem with uh, Belshazzar, who we mentioned last week, that Belshazzar was found in no external historical literature until about 50, 60 years ago, when archaeological foundings, uh, writings found it and named who Belshazzar was, and we understood that, lo and behold, the Bible had the history right all along. The other item is to say that now Darius represents a totally new empire. He's with the Medes and the Persians. Not with the Babylonians. Daniel's been serving under Nebuchadnezzar. Serving faithfully and sacrificially to Nebuchadnezzar under the Babylonian Empire. And their enemies were the Persians and the Medes. Well... They came through and they took over. They knocked out the Babylonian Empire. Now Daniel serves King Darius just as faithfully as he served King Nebuchadnezzar. Because he serves them, not because he likes them or dislikes them. He serves them out of obedience to God. His service to his governing authorities is out of obedience to his highest authority. You'll notice uh, later on uh, in the chapter, Daniel speaks to reading of Jeremiah's, the prophet Jeremiah, reading from Jeremiah's words and studying them and to understand how to live in exile. It's one of the ways that he learned to live in exile because Jeremiah chapter 29, back uh, page 638, 639 in your pew Bible, Jeremiah is a prophet. He's back in Jerusalem. He writes a letter to the Israelites in Babylon. Just like the Apostle Paul used to write letters back to churches in Ephesus and Corinth and those things. Well, Jeremiah was doing the the same thing with the Israelites who were in exile. Jeremiah 29.7 But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. And pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. That's why whatever community we're in, those that follow Jesus serve the community. 
They, they work for the welfare of that particular place. Daniel serves Nebuchadnezzar. He serves Darius out of his obedience to God. That's why in a couple weeks we'll leave from here after both services and take a prayer walk. And we'll pray. We have few places in the community that we'll stop and pray. We'll, we'll do what Jeremiah said. We'll pray for our community. And then return here. That's why every Tuesday night we gather on the avenue at the House of Joy. And we walk up and down the avenue. And we pray for the businesses. We pray for the people. This Tuesday, I'm sure, we'll be hanging out at Shakers where uh, someone was killed by gunfire early Thursday morning. Just up the street. We'll pray for the welfare of our community as we will do even later today. So Daniel now is serving King Darius, and Darius likes him. He serves him well. His peers don't like him. They're jealous. I mean, Daniel is getting in the way of their pursuit of the ladder of the power, uh, ladder of power and success. And so they connive to try to trap him. May this be our weakness also. That the only place, the only place they could find an opening in his armor is trying to pit his allegiance to God against his allegiance to the king. He served God too strongly. May it be said of us that we follow Jesus too closely. And that that be our weakness. So they played to Darius' weakness, his hubris, and said, hey, let's make a law that no one can pray to anyone else except you for 30 days. And otherwise, if they do, we'll throw them in the lion's den. And here is the key to living jubilee while in exile. The key to to living the ways of Christ in a world that doesn't. In a world that even opposes Him in many places. Here's a way to live a God-filled life in a world that's empty. Friendly lions. We found some. Friendly lions. We found that these were genealogically related to a certain strain of lions in Babylon. Not really. Tony found this somewhere. Not that it would be fun to use. The key is chapter 10. The key to living jubilee while in exile. To being transformed by God and not conformed by the world. Although Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he continued to go to his house, which had windows in its upper room open towards Jerusalem. And to get down on his knees three times a day to pray to his God and praise him just as he had done previously. I think this is the key passage of the entire book. This is how to live Jubilee while in exile. How to follow Jesus in the in-between time. How to live a God-filled life in an empty world. This is how we find the freedom to follow Jesus no matter what the cost. We meet with our God face to face 
on a regular basis so that we are formed, so that we are conformed, so that we are sculpted by Him and nothing else. Daniel has been doing this since the beginning. I mean, it's almost assumed in this passage. It's so understated. This has been his habit, his anchor, the source of life and wisdom for him all along. He wasn't going to stop now. Not even wild, ravenous lions could drag him away from his three times a day meeting in praise and prayer with Yahweh. I mean, come on, Daniel. It's just 30 days. Take a 30-day break. By this time, Daniel's 80 years old. He's been serving in exile for over 60 years. And his gentle yet firm way, which has been his nature, which has been the form of God in him, which was the way of Jesus, he said no. This meeting with my Creator is more important than oxygen and blood. So much so that He's willing to sacrifice His oxygen and blood in order to spend time with His Creator. It's in those times of face to face with God, spirit to spirit, little s to big S, that He is transformed, that He is molded, that He is strengthened. It's in those times that His God-filled life is formed and directed. It's in those times of a vibrant, real, living relationship with the God of creation that Daniel is prepared to live in the in-between time. It's there that he's formed so that he can live jubilee while in Babylon. He spends time with God regularly. For transformation. Not primarily for information. Not primarily for inspiration. Both important, but secondary. He spends time with God so that He can take the mold of the face of God and put it over His. So that He can be formed in that time and then be sent out into the world. Living according to the ways of his God. In order to be more like him. In order that his malleable face, his malleable material can be formed to be like God. You know what happens. You spend time with people and you become like them. If I'd remembered, I'd have gotten those slides that you can get, you know, of how people look like their dogs. You ever seen those? Next time. But this week, we were laughing about it around the staff table. The two foreigners around the table, the boy from Alabama and the woman from England, were sharing, had, we had picked up one another's little sayings. If you're around Doreen, who's from England, when someone 
hits the nail on the head. She's, that's spot on. Well, it was said in a different context this week. That's spot on. (laughs) To which she then responded, uh, close to y'all, but more like (laughs) y'all. When you hang around one another, you pick up how they talk, what they say, little idiosyncrasies along the way. As we spend time with our Creator, we are formed like Him. See, it's hard work to live out there in exile. It's hard work to live Jubilee in exile. It's not something that we just decide to do. I just don't decide, you know, I'm going to be more loving. It's just an act of the will. I'm just going to be more forgiving. I'm going to be more merciful. I decide today I'm going to be Christ-like. It's like, I decide today I'm going to make a half-court shot. And it just doesn't happen. It takes practice. It takes what I like to call root growth. Where our roots are growing Deeper and deeper into the soil of our Creator. In prayer, in study, in our worship gatherings. That's the reason that we're here now. So that with one another, we will put ourselves under the form of Christ. Our roots will grow deep, our soul will be nourished, and our very selves will be transformed. We gather to surrender ourselves. Unto God, like clay in the hands of sculptor. Daniel knew this was absolutely essential to fulfill his mission. To live a God-filled life in an empty world, he knew this is what he had to do. And we are no different. If we want to be a community of people, we want to be individuals of a community that live the Jubilee while in exile, that we live for Christ in this in-between time, then we must jealously guard and keep our time with Him. We must jealously, regularly enter the art studio for His loving sculpting hand. How are we doing there? How much time do we spend daily with Jesus to be transformed? Some of you, like Daniel, demonstrate that. You don't have to tell me. You don't have to tell us. We see it. And how you are surrendered to Him. Please keep on. Please don't give up. For others of us, to which I can relate personally, need your direction and your example. We, we simply get tossed back and forth by the burdens of life. We haven't gained your grasp of what truly is important. 
Friends, we must realize just how ferocious is our loss if we don't take the time to simply be with Jesus. More ferocious than the roar of a pack of lions. I mean, Daniel was willing to be thrown into the lion's den because he knew just how significant, how absolutely essential was his regular time with God. Let's wonder together. What are the lions that keep us from spending time with our Creator? For me, certainly one of the first is busyness. It's just the busyness of life and all the things that are going on. It's just the realities of life. It's busy. Saying yes to too many things. Success is another one that gets me. I mean, for me, if we succeed, I succeed. And it takes a lot to ensure that a church succeeds in the eyes of the world. So I can spend and have and do too much time ensuring that. Busyness, success, affirmation is another. See, ultimately, I want everyone to like me. So I've got to be assured that I'm doing not necessarily the right thing, but what you like. Got to be sure that all the needs are attended to. Because I, I like affirmation. It was in January that I really started to realize this, and we were preparing for the leadership retreat with the officers and the deacons and the staff. And, and they're really pursuing, Lord, what, what's the word for us in this time to gather? And what came to my mind was Jesus' words in the Gospel of John, Abide in me. Like the branch and the vine, abide in me. For apart from me, you can do nothing. A pretty strong word there. Apart from me, Jesus says, we can do nothing. Daniel knew that in his gut. So he was willing to go to the lions for it. So since then, I have been struggling, fighting in my own life to say, it's true for Daniel, it's true for me, it's true for us. At the officer's retreat, I shared with them that from that point on, to to pursue one day a month of fasting from food. To, To pray weekly for, by name, by face... Every elder, deacon, and staff member. So that the leadership of the church would be pursuing the heart of God together. And and since that time, God has continued to lay on me the need to spend an hour a day with Him. In the last 
several weeks, I've been downright legalistic about it. Which is necessary for me. As the ushers are getting ready and the band is uh, getting ready for the offering. I, I invite you to consider with me. What are the lions that keep you from the artist's studio? What are the lions that keep you from being molded by God? From spending time with Jesus? As we, as we give our offering, let's offer up our money, our time. Let's offer up those lions. Offer up those things that keep us from simply being with Him. And look, consider with me the results. Look at what happened with Daniel as he continued to be with God, as was his habit. It's that that leads to evangelism in exile. Even the ones that disliked Daniel, they knew that he followed Yahweh. And the ones that liked him, The pagan kings called on his God on his behalf time and time again. And it's verse 16 where the king, realizing what has happened, as he's about to throw Daniel into the den. May your God whom you faithfully serve. May the pagans we know cry that out about us. May the God whom you faithfully serve save you. You know, the story could have ended there and it would have been success. According to the kingdom. Daniel could have been the lion's lunch. And the story would have been successful. It would have been the way of the kingdom of God. Because Daniel would have shown, been showing how to live in exile for God. But as we know, God gave us even the blessing of seeing Daniel rescued. As we know, we will also one day be rescued. Either when we see Jesus face to face at our death or at his return. For Darius responds at the end of the chapter with words of praise and adoration to God. For Daniel knew the key. It wasn't friendly lions. The key to living jubilee in exile is to be transformed By the regular attendance of a face-to-face gathering with our Creator. To be transformed daily by recognizing the presence of the living God before us and in us.